0: Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast.
1: Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show.
2: Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I am your host, I am Fergus. I'm joined, as usual, by my sidekick, my mucker Trev, uh, Alex, all the way from uh, Copenhagen in Denmark, and from somewhere in Essex, the ginger fella, Kapo Tan. Lads, really, really good to see you. I'm still buzzing from last night. We will talk about uh, the stadium unveiling. We will look back on the FA Cup uh, third round victory over Oxford. Uh, And we'll touch on the Newcastle game very briefly, just like uh, some of the bits on there. And then, of course, we'll look ahead to Sunday and the North London derby. Hello to everyone in the chat. Uh, Do remember, if you like what we do, click on the subscribe button. Uh, and go on there. Before we go, I had a, a reach out from a guy on Instagram. It's Ars- uh, the Arsenal Stickers, and he's got a huge range of uh, stickers and T-shirt designs which uh, are available. Like if you want to bolster your Arsenal collection, like I really need to tell you this, Trev, you do not need to bolster your Arsenal collection. This is uh, this is his Instagram page. This is where you would find um, uh, his uh, his stuff. So it's uh, the Arsenal tickets, and you just go to Instagram. And he's got all sorts of stickers, and you can get those logos put onto uh, t-shirts and everything else. So check him out uh, and see what it's like, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Trevor, you said you just um, had a delivery
1: from this guy, didn't you? And it was nice and quick and easy. Yeah, I <clears throat> I'll do some from him because you've got to see what the lads like before you before you push him out. The last thing you need is to push a business out to people, and then. No one gets what I ordered, so I thought, well, I'll have an order. I don't mind a sticker. The lad was brilliant with his communication. I don't know him personally, but his communication was fantastic. The stickers arrived today, about three days after I ordered them, all in good nick, wrapped nicely, and uh, yeah, exactly what I asked for. So,
2: uh, and Trev, I didn't. Even, you didn't even know I was going to mention this guy until about two or three minutes before we came live on the show.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
2: yeah. So. So and hopefully,
1: if he's watching now, we get discount. Fergus,
2: he'll <laughs> <laughs> have to do his guns and yellow ribbon stickers onto our t shirts or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, guys, uh, we are going to talk about first and foremost the latest thing, which I, as I said, I'm still buzzing from. Um, is the um, the uh, stadium. Um, the, the, the stadium, yes, the stadium. Um, I went, I was fortunate enough to be invited to uh, I can't remember what it's called. A critical, uh, um, the critical, the uh, critical gallery. I think it is. It's just behind the Angel Tube Station in Islington. This exhibition is available for everybody to go and see uh, from ten am to four pm today. Too late now. Tomorrow and Saturday. So do get yourself there, and there, guys. Uh, what did you make of what you saw off the the
3: the, the raps, Trev? I'll go with you first of all. Um, we did have a little don't bit don't of a sleep. You've not even asked how we are now. Now you've met all the players, you think she's better than us, and you don't care about us anymore. This is this is true, this is true, this is true, actually, yeah. Ooh, uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm God. Not...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan, I'm sorry. Right. How it's, are it's, you, you ginger, You ginger Moroccan sunset? It's Kiss of Ginger Day today as well, isn't it? It,
3: it is. You keep introducing me as, uh, as ginger, but clearly I'm not. I know it's Kiss of Ginger Day, and they all queued up today outside, but I had to tell them I'm not ginger, so... <laughs> yeah. I'm doing very well, Fergus, and uh, good. Good to see you had fun last night.
2: Thank you, mate. Thank you. I'm a bit knackered after Oxford done that as well. Alex, um, the Irish are coming to town in July. How are you? Are you, are you preparing? Are you bit like what, what are you doing to prepare for that trip?
4: I'm preparing mentally to uh, to be with you. I've only been with you for a couple of days now, so I'm preparing mentally to be with you for for more than two or three days. And um, I'm, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh, for you coming over, that's gonna be uh, incredible. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the be...
1: worst enemy, Alex. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, but I'm looking at the Copenhagen games. Maybe it's a squash in a Copenhagen game, but we'll look
2: at that later. Uh but is there yeah, listen Her her uh, it's a holiday for her too, so uh, she's not overly keen on football, so that might make it a little bit difficult. We'll take that into Trevor... consideration. Trevor, I, I was about to ask you before I was rudely interrupted by the Moroccan sunset. Uh, what did you make of what you saw of the um, stadium wraps? We did have an idea of some of them that were coming out, thanks to some people I am I, I, in contact. There weren't most most of them were accurate. There was a couple that were just like mock-ups. Um, what did you make of them? First of all, what was which one? Well, I don't know which everyone's got to say this is the, the favorite. What did you make of them?
1: I've not looked at them at length, if I'm honest, Fergus. I was so jealous last night. I was just thinking, piss off, Fergus. Not talking to, <laughs> but um, from what I have seen, everybody seems happy with them. You know, everybody, nobody's really slagging them off. Everyone's happy with them, and that's in that case that's good. Um, to be honest with you, I love the fact that we honour our old players and we honour our old stadium, and it brings back memories and and it get it gets you in the mood to go to football. But if we win the league this season, they can wrap that stadium in whatever they want, mate. They whatever they want. I don't care. I don't care Absolutely. because I've got other things on my mind now. I've I've got this 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 football season on my mind. You know, we're we're going so well, and uh I'm excited. And I'm not excited for this weekend though. But we'll talk about that later. I'm not excited we at will. all. We will. We will. So
2: looking. Th- Look at some of, through some of the designs. The first one is "You've only come to see the Arsenal." I love this. It looks like a proper old flag from when Trevor was about fifty. Uh, it looks like something like he would have made. Um, what is then you come to see the Arsenal? Then that's the name of that's the name of the, that's the, name of the uh, "Come to See the Arsenal" is the name of the 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 wrap. The, 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 the They've named them all. And if you look at the brochure, which uh, well, I'm I'm, going, I'm giving you the brochure, you'll see it. It's called "Come to See the Arsenal." um okay. the next one, the next one is uh 1886 it's always forward. um again another proper old school sort of flag uh then we got some more um uh designs this one is called a Victoria con and uh, no, a Victor, victory through harmony and it's got uh, some of the um uh, all our, our, our classic players on there you've got rocky Roe Castle. Uh, you've got David seaman uh, and uh, bob wilt uh, Bob Wilson on there, and even some of the ladies in there. And you've even got Ian Wright. I was watching I was standing by Ian Wright when he took that photograph with his fingers in his ears last night. I, I was just I was like a ten year old uh, The next one that we have then is uh the Invincibles, so you've got the Arsenal Invincibles, and then you've got the quadruple winning uh, women's team. Um, and then this one is called Building the Future." Uh, the Future's Bright, I think. So it's opportunity versus greatness. I saw a mock-up of this, and the one I saw was awful. And I'm glad they actually changed the mock-up to this one, because I actually quite like this one. Uh, the final one uh, – not, not the final one. Um, the next one is um, We Found – I think it's called uh, We Found Where We Belong. And it's all the flags – um, from around uh, the different supporters' clubs around the world, uh, and it was really interesting because there was there was supporters. Obviously, London's quite cosmopolitan. There was supporters from around the world, and were all taking pictures with their with their various supporters' flag. Uh, Odegaard was with the Norwegian uh, one. There's even a Danish schooner's one on there, Alex, for you. Yeah, there um, is. And then the the the, the penultimate one is absolutely one of my favorites so in the windows here i can't zoom in but this is the east uh, the east stand uh on Avenel road and in the window are various different legends um and players it's a bit strange that david o'leary doesn't appear on this and we'll we'll talk about that and some of the players that appear on some of them uh in, in a few minutes and the last one uh they haven't it completed yet but it's um it's a, a wall of fans. So this is the sort of idea of what they've got. And this is the, the work in progress. Uh, and they try to give a, a type of a semi-scale thing. So it will look like this. So that all of the, the fans are in underneath here and there's the banners and so on. Uh, all in all, just I'm, I'm quite pleased with them from what I saw originally to what I've seen there. Dan, what's your thoughts on them? Which is your favourite?
3: Yeah, well, to be honest, when I, when I first saw a few drafts and there's been so many mock-ups going around on social media and bits, um, I didn't really like them and I thought it was going to be awful. But genuinely, those, what they've come out with, I don't think you could get a better set that will please everyone together. I think some of them are brilliant. If you look at just the real fine details of them, the old badges, you know, the history of the club that's on them, the very, very minute details, I think they've all... all you know, it's obvious they thought an awful lot about them. They spoke to fans. They spoke to various people that's had an input. And, um, yeah, I think they're all fantastic, to be honest with you. I think there's a couple of things, if you're really being picky, that you may not like. And I think the one I said to you was uh, on the Invincibles one, having Ashley Cole right in the back. I know he's still small, but I'd rather have his name on the trophy and not have a picture of him on the stadium. But that's the only uh, sort of real gripe. Um, I think they're great. The Highbury one is is my favourite. I think it's probably many people's favourite. Um, I'd I'd have loved to have seen the whole stadium wrapped in Highbury, but um, yeah, I think that I think they're great. The only thing, I guess, um, the ones I really like are the history of the club, the old fashioned badges, you know, the bits that show that we're a London club. You know, even that you can see that you know the badges right in the corners. I think the very very old badges, even before the um, AFC one that we've seen on on the Highbury badge. It's interesting, I'd like to probably ask Alex this one, what he thinks of the flags and the banners from the supporters groups all around the world because we're a a massive global brand, you know, and we have people all over the world that follow the team. But I like that in the stadium. I'm not so sure if I like that on the outside of the stadium. Mm -hmm. I can see your point there, but I think it's it's an important recognition
4: of... um... Like you said, it is an uh, international brand and many of us fans from outside of the UK feel very attached and connected to it as well. So I think it's important to recognise fans around the world. And I think it means a lot um, to fans around the world being um, on the outside as well. But I get the point that you're coming from as well, that it would have been nice to keep it inside as well.
2: Trevor, uh, uh, which which is your, uh, well, Alex first, which is your favourite then of of them then? Well, I really like the, I mean, aesthetically, I like the Highbury one, um, the
4: East Stand, but I think the Flags one was really nice as well. It was nice to see the Arsenal Denmark flag on the outside of the stadium. Um, I think that's the one that meant a lot to me as well.
2: Thomas will be pleased. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Uh, he 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 might be more pleased than when you took the last cold beer when we met him in Wolverhampton, Trevor. (laughs) You are your sound is gone again, is it?
1: It's playing up, mate. Terrible, playing up. So, so Trev, your favourite one, and where
2: where would you place them? I believe that the facade is going to go on the uh to the over the say block eleven. Uh, sort of area to north bank east north bank corner uh coming across the ken fryer bridge um where would you place what would you place over the away end um
1: trev and what's your favorite one what would i place over the, the away end hmm. big pile of steaming crap and <laughs> drop on them. oh mate listen i, I don't I, it sounds like i'm being a bit blasé here fergus but I'm not. I, I don't care where they place anything. I love. I love the Ivory one because that was that was what got me to love the Arsenal the Ivory. I don't care where they place them. I'm just so pleased that from what I've been busy today, but from what I've seen on social media and what I'm hearing from you guys, everybody likes what Arsenal have done for once. That's what is the most pleasing thing for me. Mm. You got no one saying on Twitter, oh, it's crap or it's rubbish. There'll be someone somewhere, but. It, you know, it, it's nice, it's good, and, and we are a global brand, and we've got to recognise the overseas supporters. The overseas supporters spend a lot of money at Arsenal Football Club. I mean, when I lived in Greece, I, I, I never went, but I got quite close to the arsenal Thessaloniki supporters club in Greece, and they've actually bought their own shop. They've got their own shop with arsenal Thessaloniki supporters club outside, and it's a bar, and you go in it. That's how serious they are about supporting our yeah. club, and and when you go to that part of the world, if you go to a game in Eastern Europe or anywhere in Europe, so many of them make the journey to come and see us. It's unbelievable. So we have got to recognise the fan base and how widespread it is, you know, and how passionate it is as well.
2: I, I agree. I went to Boston to see my brother a few years back and I went to, I don't know if the bars changed, but it was the Lear on Boylston, which was uh, the, the the Boston Gooners. And I was even in Africa on holidays and one of the little tuk-tuks was green and it had the Gunners and a, a Gunners logo on it. So it is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, guys, I'm, Trev, sorry for this. I'm going to make you really annoyed. Uh, the other thing that I was more excited about uh, than seeing these banners was... The opportunity, the opportunity to see some legends uh, in the flesh. Uh, the first one being uh, the former manager George Graham. Um, I saw him walk in the door and I thought, oh my God, it's George Graham. And then I saw Paul Davis. You so, uh, saw there was just smudger turn up. There was just all of these continuous stream and stream of. Arsenal faces and legends and I just the first one I wanted to get a photograph with was George Graham and I, I could see like you know he's 78 years of age and I didn't know how to approach it um a couple of glasses of wine courtesy of Arsenal Football Club had to be red wine of course uh, and that gave me the cover, courage uh, to go up and uh, see uh, some um some of them Dave Hurrell thank you very much for the invite you're in the chat I've seen that uh, that's myself and Dave with uh, Ian Wright right, right. um Again, some of the, uh, the the pictures from there. Uh, Smudger pointing in the Arsenal. Well, I've just got the wrong angle up to where he is in the windows, but you can see all the different players down in there, in the windows. And Ian Wright was talking about it on an interview about when he first started doing it because it was in the where the bath was, and uh, uh, they locked the windows and boarded uh, not they the bolted up the windows for a while until we won the. Um, the league, and he broke the, the bolts, and uh, they all hung out the window because all the fans were what used to be waiting out there. Uh, again, Ian Wright, um, um, Pat Rice. Uh, he was the first photograph I approached, hence why it's a little bit blurry. Um, and I just went up to him, and said, "Hi, Pat. Would you mind can I have a photograph with a fellow uh, fellow fellow countryman?" He said, "Oh, that's it. Makes it even better." And he turned around, so it was really really nice. Uh, David Seaman, Lee Dixon, uh, and our current captain Martin Odegaard. Trev, I did try and FaceTime you. You couldn't hear me um, for love no money. Um
1: I put the phone down on you. I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> having none of it. <laughs> I was jealous. I wasn't I wasn't talking to you, I wasn't having none of it. Right, move on, talk about football now. I'll yeah, finish. let's talk about football.
2: So Monday night we met up. Again, again, you wouldn't talk to me Monday night either. You talked to me very, very briefly Monday night because you were driving. And well, I got a lift, but go on, go on.
1: That's because you were drunk as a skunk and I hadn't touched a drop I was sober as a judge.
3: <laughs> you know what that feels like, Dan, don't you? <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> well, I walked into the stadium, Trev, and I just saw this big beaming smile. And I said, look at me. And I looked at him, looked him straight in the eye, and I thought, no, he's, a, he's, he's absolutely ruined. Yeah. Well, was, Greg,
2: who cool. we, we met in uh, at Wolves Away last season, uh, Trev, he's a sales rep, and he's a sales rep for St. Austell Brewery. So when I got in the back of his car because he said he'd drive, I got in the back of the car. There was uh, is it Covel um, Cornish Lager. There was two of them. It was a tribute Pale Ale. There's 24 bottles of vodka in the boot. We didn't touch them, but yeah, it was um, it was very liquid on the the whole way down. I was glad he had an electric car. and He had to stop a couple of times to charge it, because so, <laughs> it meant I could discharge. Um, so <laughs> so Monday night we played Oxford. We played in the white, uh, no more red kits. Uh, we didn't get on very well with that in Nottingham. Yeah, it was only two points. Uh, Ruth, um, uh, <laughs> uh, we played. We didn't get on too well last season in Nottingham in the, fir- in the third round with that. The lineup was Turner, Tamiasu, Holding, Gabrielle, Tierney, El laconga Lacunga, Vieira, Saka, Martinelli, and then The bench did have some options on there. Um, Dan, uh, you had a late arrival to, to the game. What did you make of the lineup?
3: Lineup was. Probably stronger than I expected, but I think the first half showed that we needed it. Um, and also probably shown a lack of options that we have in a couple of areas. But um, I'm quite pleased that he went quite strong. Um, I don't like the kit, if I'm honest. The white kit for me is, is awful. I, I understand the sentiment, but we are not a team that plays in white. That lot do. And uh, I don't want any association with a white kit. Uh, Trev, is, is, that, is that
1: Mudrick? Is that the transfer in from Mudrick? yeah it's um oh yeah um oh no it's that what's his name it's that cammy off of sky news messaging me i don't listen to him because he talks crap yeah
2: okay okay alex uh, so if we look at the performance that we had um in the first half and if i'm talking about it definitely the first half we didn't have a shot on target um who stood out for you as that needed the most improvement say in in our lineup and what was stifling us uh, was it oxford was it the challenging pitch it was sort of a three sided stadium and it wasn't bloody warm there trev either was it so was it what 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 do you reckon
4: yeah i think it was a combination of both um i think that the pitch definitely played a part because that was a, a rubbish pitch and it's not what we're used to in the premier league as well um, and then also in the in the midfield, I think we we lacked a bit of control and presence as well with um I think Lukonga he struggled. Um, and he just doesn't have the same presence as uh for instance Shakar and, and Patsy especially. Um and El Neni as well. I think he did all right, but he's just he's just a much different player to uh, what Patsy does. Um so I think we lacked a bit in midfield. Um and it was just uh, apparent as well when the when the two guys came on Shakur and Sinchenko, in the second half, and I, I think that showed what we needed in the first half
2: um, with that mm. control in the midfield. Trev, I my observation, and yes, okay, you are going to point out that I I was um, powered by um, Saint Austell Brewery, um, but my observation was uh, not to dig the guy out, but Turner's distribution. He had a couple of um, a couple of. Uh, Clangers, his distribution. He can't kick a ball. He had to pass it to Holding, who passed the ball out to El uh, Elneny, El uh who we'll talk about in glowing terms for the second half. But El and Laconga were very much sideways, backwards. Laconga looked a bit out of his depth. Um, what were your thoughts on 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 that first half, and in particular, Lekonga.
1: Um I was I was I was a bit concerned during the first half, Fergus. Not because I thought we'd really lose the game, but we we, we were we were str- actually struggling in certain areas. Luka didn't have a good first half, um, and we struggled to move the ball forward. We we looked like the Arsenal were three or four years ago. We looked like we were scared to move the ball forward. I was getting it in my head: is there movement up front? Well, there obviously was because the second half, when we brought on some improved players, we scored the goals. Um, yeah, it was concerning because Oxford were holding their own and they weren't holding their own by luck, you know. And a team like Oxford, who are a, a, a league one side and a, an average league one side, is that they're not they're not killing the league. They're an average league one side. The only way they should be living with any side that the Arsenal put out is because is, is they've had a bit of luck. And in the first half, they didn't have a bit of luck. When I saw Lukonga and Vieira playing against them, I thought, ideal chance here because they're not up against the the top standard of players. Um, But they didn't even shine at that level. And it was worrying me greatly. Oxford didn't look concerned at all. Um, So I was, I, I was a bit fed up that we just didn't seem to, to, to want to move to win the game. And the fans started getting a bit restless. You know, the Arsenal fans, not abusively restless, just getting a bit restless, a bit fed up with the ball not moving forward, and 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 the players not moving for for the ball. You know, it just didn't look like what they wanted it. First half, it was very disappointing to say. There was a lot of youngsters in that team should have should have been flying around that field, making the most of an opportunity. And I don't think it happened. If I'm honest,
2: no. And then we went into the like halftime. You said the fans were restless. I, I think the fans were bored. A little bit concerned, but probably more bored than anything else. First half was, was turgid. Uh, there was an incident in the first half we've, we've now been, since been charged with. Uh, Dan, our, uh, Alex, have you seen this? It was a, a handball that uh, that Arsenal protested for. Arsenal players went up to the referee and protested. We've had the same thing with the Newcastle game, which we'll talk about. But, but they're uh, talking about surrounding the ref and stuff. Alex, Dan, who wants to go first?
4: I'll go first, if, if you don't mind, Dan. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> okay, you can go first. Okay, <laughs> go on. Um, I mean, I get what they're trying to do, FA, because I don't like when, pe- when, when the players surround uh, the referee after certain incidents. Um, but it's the second time we've been charged within a week now. And I just see so many other teams doing the exact same thing. Um, and I've, especially the second one against Oxford, Oxford, I didn't think it was that bad. I've seen it a couple of times now. Um, it was a handball and they went up to the referee, arms behind the back as well. Um, and I just didn't think it was enough to be charged for. But they're certainly setting an, uh, an example now, um, showing that they don't want any of that anymore. And that's fair enough. But I just, from now on, I'd like to see other teams get charged with the same thing now.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on uh, on, on Sunday. Dan, what, what did you make of that? and Maybe even the Newcastle one. I don't know we'll go on to the game briefly, but...
3: Yeah, I think pretty spot on. I think, to be honest, I don't mind teams being charged for things like that because I would like to see that stand out the game. But they have to be consistent. It can't just be an Arsenal issue. It has to be across the board. You know, I, I am a really big fan of the respect of, of sports like rugby that they have towards the referee. So if that's what they're trying to achieve... I'm all for it, but don't just make it an Arsenal issue because, for me, that was a blatant penalty.
4: And Newcastle and did the same thing team. as well in the
3: game. They I were surrounding the
4: referee as well.
3: Yeah, the Newcastle one for Arsenal, I think, was more down to the frustration of, of not winning the game. Um, mm. Yeah, for sure. And well, I don't, we'll, we'll we don't know what's been said as well.
2: We'll cover the Newcastle game in, in a little bit more depth shortly. Just finishing off on the Oxford one, uh, Trevor. 62 minutes in, we take off Tierney and we take off Lakonga. Uh, we bring on Shaka and we bring on Zinchenko. Uh, one minute later, this happens. And then comes in from a set piece and we've been really good on set pieces and he gets the, his head on the end of the ball. We'd all been, well, not all of us, but many of us had been coming along and saying how negative he was and how poor he, he and Laconga were in the first half. And straight away, once he, once he get some supply and support, we've got put the ball in the back of the net. And it changed the whole game, Trev.
1: Yeah, it did. First, I just got to go back to us being charged by the FA, Fergus. i never got me yep. say on I'm sorry, mate. Um, no, that's cool. When we surrounded the referee on Monday night at Oxford, I actually thought in my mind. I thought we're going to get done again here. We're going to get done again here. This has come too soon after Newcastle is fresh in their minds, and we're going to get done. And I know I know teams have been charged before, but this season the the FA and Premier League have now set a precedent for me because I've seen a lot worse than what we've done happening in games this season, and there's been no reaction. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. As for the as for the substitutions, Fergus. Absolutely inspiring substitutions. I, I, I couldn't believe how those two players changed the game. They instantly, instantly scared Oxford United. They made Oxford look like an average league one side. They went from being being on a par with the Arsenal at times to being a bang average league one side. Just before the, the the free kick that Elneny scored from in the corner, Xhaka had been on the field a very short time and he won that free kick in that corner. He chased the ball and pressured their defender in the corner, and the defender didn't know what had hit him. And Jacka just just oozed quality straight away. Um and and and, and it was what we needed, and, and we never looked back from there. The Zinchenko substitution is interesting, Fergus, because I, I noticed it more on Monday than I've done all season. Zinchenko comes from on for Tierney, but he is such a different player to completely. Tierney. They, they, they shouldn't positional play the, the the only positional comparison you put is a play left back but what they do when they play left back is completely different Zinchenko spent most of the second half playing central midfield supporting yes. supporting Xhaka you know and, and Tierney doesn't drift into midfield Tierney, Tierney runs the lines you know um, and it, I suppose in a roundabout way it makes a coach, coach from both getting in the side doesn't it on the left you know but you do who do you drop so but, yeah, it, I, I've never seen, I can't remember for a long time, two substitutions changing the course of a game that quickly, Fergus. That It was it was like seconds. Xhaka immediately spreaded up the It was field, one minute. Pinned that defender in the corner. He pinned that defender in the corner. And the defender was thinking, hang on, what's happening? This hasn't happened all night. Arsenal have done this. And it instantly changed the game. And it, and it livened the fans up, lifted the fans. And we weren't looking back from there, were we?
2: No, um, uh, Dan. On, on, on that Zinchenko tyranny sort of comparison, it's almost like when Zinchenko comes on, we go into like a quasi three at the back, like with Tommy Asu holding a Gabriel. Um, uh, um, Zinchenko talks into Shaka's position, and you know, Shaka pushes up and plays that double pivot sort of second number eight. Um, what did you what did you make of of him? And then we'll go on and talk about Eddie in a minute as well. And
3: yeah, I think, I don't know if it was an, a, a sort of purposeful tactical tweak from Arteta, but if it was, it, it worked. Because the one thing I thought we were missing was being able to play out from the back and the, the centre-halves. I'm quite quick, um, critical of holding at times, but one thing I did notice is every time he received the ball, he had no one coming towards him to receive the ball. As soon as Zinchenko was on the on the pitch and Jacko, they all want the ball. You know, immediately they, they they will run to the centre halves in space and receive the ball and, and get us moving the ball around. Whereas Laconga, I think, just lacks that confidence. El Nenny is very sideways and backwards. I think you you know what you get with El Nenny, but Laconga, for me just hasn't shown what we expected yet. And I think he just he needs a bit of a confidence boost. And I think he needs a run somewhere on loan. Um because there's a clear I, drop of quality.
2: I agree. I agree. Lukonga. Uh, I don't want to get rid of him because he's Belgian captain at such a, yeah. uh, under twenty three. Our uh, uh, captain at such a young age. He's he's definitely a talent. We just need to give him some time before we move Sorry. on. El Nenny, two, two seconds, Trev, because you're going to want to talk about this as well because you mentioned on Twitter. Um, Mo gets a lot of criticism with backwards, forwards, sideways. I've always uh, said he's a great squad player and a great water carrier. We've heard this sang in the pubs on on Europe and around, but to hear it sung in the ground um, on on Monday night was absolutely brilliant. Trev, you mentioned on Twitter, of, and um, I don't know if you'll even remember when you were in St. Gallen after the game, Dan, you were on the on on the fence doing that with the Asperton Army and everybody else. So it was, yeah. it was great to hear, Trev, wasn't it? It was.
1: Mate, mate I, I don't think you've heard I I to the fans there when you mention El Nenny, because I don't see many fans have a pop at El Neni. I think, to be honest, El Neni makes me smile. Is as honest as as they come, and I think he does that for most fans, mate. Um, I certainly haven't haven't called him out. I think he knows his levels and and he's playing for the Arsenal when he can and giving his best. So and it was great to see him score a goal. He was so happy, wasn't he? He scored a goal. And then, of course, that song started and it went on and it went on and it went on, and it was brilliant. It raised the atmosphere at another level, and raising the atmosphere at another level meant that. We, we look better, we play better, we scored a couple more goals. You see, Dan mentioned it just now, right? We found a bit more space second half and Dan was exactly right because first off, we were letting them put the high press on us and they were actually were pressuring our our, our Premier League players. They were putting high press on us and they were putting us out of our stride. So, you know, that makes it more awkward to move the ball forward. Um, second half, obviously, they couldn't press. As soon as Xhaka and Zinchenko come on, their press drops right off. The, the high press drop right off. And then, of course, we've got more room to move the ball in midfield. I've got to go back to Lokonga before we bring Alex in. right? Because I think there's a good player in Lukonga. And and I might get told off for this. It'll be interesting to see what people think. But I was most concerned that it didn't seem that the Conga was reading the game well. There's a, two or three times when he got caught on the wrong foot when it, when a ball was sent his way. And I thought... You're not reading this very well. And that's something I would expect him to sort in training, you know, but I'm sure there's a good player in him. He's only a kid and uh, he'll come back.
2: Alex, um, on say, Laconga and, and and also Vieira, uh, BX gunner 81 says Fabio has got the tools and Fabio was the one who gave, um, an assist for one of the goals or two of the goals, two of the El any goals, I believe. But Again, in the first half before those substitutions of and Zinchenko, those skills weren't being they, they 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 weren't apparent, were they?
4: No, he he had a quiet first half as well, Vieira. I think it was a bit disappointed for, uh, in him as well. But I think in regards to Lukonga, we've got to remember he's he's not a kid anymore, he's twenty three years old. He's he's older than many of our players in the squad as well, so I think it's time to it's time for him to step up um, and he hasn't really done that in the games when he when he's had the opportunity. So, I think he definitely needs a loan or otherwise maybe a sale uh, in the summer. Um, mm. But I'm a bit I'm a bit worried we can't get um, enough money for him. So I think it will be a loan for him, um, and maybe he'll flourish in in the French league like we've seen uh, Gwendausi and and Saliba do and and uh, Balogun as well. So that might be yeah, the best uh, best thing for him to do. Um, but yeah, it definitely seemed like he lacked uh, presence and intensity. Um, but they had some good good players as well. Oxford. Um, one of the players was, uh, of course, was his name Marcus Marcus McGrane, um, who came through the Arsenal academy and um, made a transfer to Barcelona at a young age. But many of the players uh, played in good academies, so they were they were good players as well. But um, of course, he, he should be able to to overshine. Those those kind of players, um, Lukonga. Um, but yeah, hopefully he'll get a good loan um, and get back to Arsenal in better better shape. Lukonga, uh,
2: another twenty three year old that um, uh, people have criticised, but you can't can't deny the facts. Trevor, here's the first of two uh, of Eddie's braces. Was that, was that the first one? That
1: was the first one. I must have been drunk because I thought that was the second one. I think that was oh, the second
2: one.
1: The hey, hey. thing was the
3: second. The one that we was around the keeper. Was, one, was it,
1: Dan, it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, his his second goal was when he went around the keeper, and I think we were. Uh, that, was um, his, that
3: was his first goal. First one, he went around the keeper. That was our second.
2: Thank Thank all right. I, I I had them in that order beforehand and Dan said, no, you got them in the wrong order. So You had them, the, wrong, right, you had them the other way around, let, mate.
3: Let, let, let's <laughs> talk yeah, about he's, this one, He was so no at Oxford, he hasn't got a clue what went on, honestly. Well, let, I'm having
1: talk... enough trouble hearing you all without you all talking at once.
3: Right, OK. Yeah, look look at
1: this one, it. too. Which
2: one's this? That's the first
1: goal? That's his first one second one
2: that's the second one there we go we got there in the end yeah,
1: talk to me about <laughs> well wait,
2: talk to me about eddie
1: well he, he 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 shuts up again didn't he hey we had our doubts first off because we weren't getting the ball forward but once he got fed the ball it, it there was no looking back was there two absolutely sublime finishes to go around a goalkeeper and put it away like that yep you'd expect him to do that against our opposition well, that second finish where he waited and waited and waited and, and just, just tucked it over the goalkeeper, that's a skill at any level. I don't care what level you play football at. That is a, a superb skill. and He's clinical. Ready after the game? Has Fergus okay. gone? He's He's... Um... Yeah. Fergus has left the building. C- careful, because he usually takes his airpods with him to the toilet. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> so... At the end, I thought that the um that the, the score was was about right uh, with what Agreed, we saw. Yeah. We, we drew the first half, and we did. We played awful, and we won the second half comfortably, and we go through to the next round. Um, the thing
3: is with, with Eddie though, Trev. He's um when he starts, he's got a fantastic record, and I think he's numbers. He is proving people wrong game by game, and I, I think we we said this a few weeks ago that if he continues at this rate. I don't think Gabriel Jesus easily just gets straight back into that side. And it will be a fight between the two of them. I, I do think that Gabriel Jesus is the better of the two. But Eddie is growing in confidence. He's scoring goals. And, you know, if he's doing more as well. I
1: think Well, like he's well, yeah. so composed. That's exactly it, you see. Eddie is scoring goals. And although Gabriel Jesus has been absolutely superb for us, and you can't knock him for, for his effort and, and how he pressures people and what he does, he hasn't scored many goals, and Eddie's come in and said, "Right, I'm taking my chance here. I don't care if, if Eddie scores two goals every game. I don't care what else he does. I don't care what else he does. If Eddie scores two goals every game, that'll do for me. I'll take that. You know. Yeah. So we can't, we, we, Eddie deserves our praise, I and mean, he's the fan when he scored. The fans loved him, didn't they? The fans adored him. You know, and and I think Eddie started to. To to bond more with the fans, his celebrations when he came over to the corner, you know. So there's a bond developing there, and I like it. It's a long way to go, but the lad he he knows that lots of fans have doubted him, Eddie and Ketia. He knows he's, he's a social sees. He knows. And and he's gone on the field and he's answering them in the best way he can. He's playing well and scoring goals. Good luck to the yeah. lad, yeah.
2: Hello. Sorry, guys. My wife puts an ordering from Amazon, so uh, the doorbell. So I did hear you. Um, thank you, Alex, for trying to jump, uh, chuck me under the bus there. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> listen, um, if we go back onto the Premier League, well, before we got, before we go on that, we got Man City on uh, at the end of uh, the weekend of the twenty eighth of January, probably an allocation of between seven and a half thousand uh an eight thousand it'll probably be the upper two tiers of that three tier stand. I'm hearing uh it could be Friday night at eight PM because there's train issues and everything else. How that helps, I don't know because there won't be a last train back. It'd probably been even better to move it to a Monday or even a three o'clock on a on a Saturday so then people can drive and get back. So Trevor, uh you're away uh and you're not gonna be able to go to that game.
1: I can't go. I'm gutted. I'm at uh my wonderful nephews stag do in Benidorm and we're booked to go. So I'll be there. And I'm actually there with a load of lads from Manchester. And some of them are actually Manchester City fans, one or two of them. So I'm really looking forward to that night. But uh, I'm gutted. Well, but if anyone's going to beat Man City at the moment, apart from Southampton, it's Arsenal. You know, we're... we're um. We, should, we, we Our players won't go to Man City Frightened or scared or worried They, they won't have any respect for Man City whatsoever They'll play they, They'll play our best game Hopefully And if we play our best game We'll win the game It's that simple Because we're that good now But if we drop off a level Only a little bit Then we'll get beaten So if we're at our very, very best I back us to beat any team And I've said it before And I'll stand by that Dan, fancy going to City?
3: I'm really happy that we drew them, if I'm totally honest. And uh, I know a lot of people have sort of disagreed with that. But for me, if we go away to City and win, that gives us a huge boost in the running and also a huge boost when we play them at home a couple of weeks later in the league. It's also, for me, the best time to play them early on in the cup where they, they may make a few changes. And they've got relatively... Difficult games coming up as we have, but we, we've got a nice break either side of that game. You know, it's not like we've got a midweek game, then we've got to play the FA Cup, then another midweek game. We've got, I think, a week's rest either side of them. Yeah, yeah. We so do. we can go and play our full strength team, and genuinely do believe that we can go and beat them. So, and a nice away day with a big allocation, where everyone that says they can't get tickets can get tickets and go and see them. Hopefully, obviously, there's mm-hmm. you know there are always going to be people that can't make that day, but there's there's no reason why. A big group it'll, of fans can't go and
1: travel up there. It'll drop yeah, to yeah. zero, Man City will drop to zero. Yeah. Interesting what Dan just said, Ferg, about the, our next two games. Our next two games are the same as Man City's next two games, aren't they? But in oh, remember, they are, yeah. a, Massive, yeah. massive couple of games. And Karen has put this here, and they're absolutely right. Absolutely right. We're, we're, we've got to talk about it, Karen. We've got to talk about the FA Cup, because it's been FA Cup week here and as part of beating Oxford. We have to talk about it the next round. And and yeah, that's made it even more juicy because we've we've got Man City. But you're absolutely right, Karen. We've got two massive games coming up. The first one this weekend, I hate this weekend. I hate it, for
2: Trev, Trev, before we get into that, because we will talk about that. The one thing that behind this scoreboard where it was three deal to the Arsenal at the end, did you notice these? <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. if that was your car that was parked out there? As well. <laughs> Uh, and, and there were some other guys on that van later. You, you can imagine the insurance claim going in that, that next day, going, well, what happened? Well, I parked in a car park watching a game of football, and I came out, and my my roof was stoved in.
1: Has it not crossed your mind, Ferg, that that was probably their car? No, it probably...
2: Uh, do I'm any not- of those look that old? Oh, actually, they've yeah. got,
1: some, they've got yeah. something on the roof. They've got a roof rack on there, haven't they? Yeah. There were some older ones. They've put that on there on purpose. It's like a roof rack thing. And the police, I'm sure that the police, if that weren't their car, the police would have dragged them off there. But Mm. I'm assuming it's their car. They're not breaking any rules, are they? Not breaking any laws, are they? No, no. Oh, good luck
2: to them. This is true. But back to the Premier League. We're going to talk Northampton Derby, but very briefly, we're going to talk Arsenal, Newcastle. The lineup was Ramsdale, White, the normal lineup that you'd expect. Now, the things we, we have touched on before was the shithousery tactics that Newcastle uh, employed uh, from kicking the ball away Joe Linton getting six seven eight uh, really hefty uh, tackles and should have had at least three or four yellow cards the referees lack of control and I'll, I'll I'll measure that out and the two penalty calls so this is what we're going to talk about it in the the referees' lack of control was um, was probably which made the Newcastle tactics seem even worse because the referee could have easily clamped down on this by coming up to Pope and saying, hang on, it, you're allowed six seconds for a goal kick. You've taken 19 seconds for a goal kick. Um, uh, and and he, uh, it, the first time he warns him, second time he gives them a yellow card and that stops that. The ball being kicked out, the uh, the assistant manager, when Saka went up to pick up a, a ball for a, a throw-in, he chucks it at him and chucks it onto the pitch. Every time the ball came out of play, it was kicked away. I heard that uh, while um, Eddie Howe was out of work, he contacted Simeone and asked if he could go there and watch him train for um, three months. He clearly learnt well from Simeone. But to add some measure to that, if we are at City on whatever day it is for this FA Cup are to win the title and we're 1-0 up and we're kicking the ball out and we're rolling over and we're taking 30 seconds to kick a ball out, Dan, we'll think it's a masterstroke by Arteta to do all that shit housery. So we can't really... Com- as much as it's not nice, we can't com- complain about that. But we can complain that the referee had no control over that game.
3: No, no, we can complain, Fergus, because we're asking fans and we're biased. But no, to be honest, I didn't actually think of that. And, and I think you're probably spot on, in all fairness, that if it was the other way around, we'd be absolutely loving it. And so, um, right. I do think as fans, we're being robbed of football. And I think... The added time in the World Cup was brilliant for me. I actually really liked it. And I also like the idea, I don't know about maybe reducing it to 60 minutes, but having a clock that stops when the ball goes out of play or, you know, at certain times to just stop teams from being able to do that. And then I think it all leads towards the best team winning. And I think that is ultimately what we want as, as neutral fans. And um, obviously, as long as Arsenal win, I don't really care. But yeah, that's that's what we want as fans.
2: Trev, what was your thoughts on um, Newcastle Eddie Howe's um, tactics? And then talk to me about the, the, the talk to me about that first, and then we'll go into the penalty claims.
1: Can't fault Newcastle, can you? Cannot fault me. If Arsenal went to a tough away game and used those tactics and were getting away the with them, so they kept using them, we'd be over the moon as Arsenal fans, wouldn't we? It's not Didn't Newcastle. We do it a season
2: or so ago at Burnley. You what? we done it a season or so ago at
1: Burnley. We went to Burnley and got a 1-0. Yeah, we've done it many times, you know. Maybe, you know, if the referee's not going to pull you for it, the players are going to do it. I, I, I'd be over the moon. If, if Arsenal were getting away with it at an away game, you keep doing it, you know. Um, I thought the Newcastle came for a draw. They played a lot of men behind the ball. They played a lot of square ball. They crowded us out in, in whenever we try to get space. And they came for a point and they got a point. I didn't think that we played too badly. I think another night we get the, the run of the ball and we score a goal or two. Another night we get a different referee and it, he, he pulls them up for what they're doing and that changes the face of the game. So I can't fault Arsenal. I thought we banged at the door, but we came up against what is a very good side. We've drawn seven games this season now, don't forget. They're good at shutting that door, you know. Um, and And we didn't get past them. I thought I didn't I didn't look at it as two points lost, really, you know, second in the table behind us. We could have done with a win, but I wasn't disappointed with a draw when you look at the context of the game. How Newcastle lined up, how Newcastle approached the game. It was almost like Chelsea of a few years ago, wasn't it? Part of us. But let's see if we get one on the break. And the only person yep. that's gonna change their antics is the officials. They're the only people that are gonna change them 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 tactics. And I'm not knocking Newcastle for it at all. They got away with it. Good luck to them.
2: Alex, I'm just bringing up a picture now. Uh, there was two penalty claims. One was a handball, which I haven't got the um, the, the steal for. Um, the other one is a steal for this one, which is the Gabriel uh, shirt pull by Dunn. And I think he actually has two players at one point. Um, what did you make of the penalty claims? Did you think that both penalties uh, do you think one was? If so, why? Mm, yeah,
4: after the game, Eddie Howe said uh, there should have been no penalties and the referee got it right. And Arteta said there should have been two penalties and it was scandalous. Um, and I think I'm falling in between the two of them. And I, I think one of them should have been a penalty. Penalty. I thought the Gabriel, uh, when he had his shirt pulled, where the badge was on the back of his shirt, that should have been a penalty. For sure, especially when you see it on in slow motion afterwards as well. That's a stonewall penalty for me. Um, I think the handball—it's a tricky one—and I've seen many people debating it on the social media as well. But I don't like those kind of penalties to be given because I'm thinking, like, what else should he do with his hand? He's—he's he's trying to like move his hand away, or his oh, there, there's the
2: image. There's the image now. You can see his hand is pulled away. It's his other arm that's in the unnatural position. His arm is actually pulled into it. But I must admit, I think, in the, it, no, in go, the stand, go. I, I I just could say, in the stand, I thought there was a penalty when I saw it happening. Uh, go on, finish I, off, Alex.
4: I thought initially it was a penalty as well, but I think you've got to look at the proximity of it as well. It's really close um, close range. and um, And, yeah, we've had those kind of decisions go against us as well. But I'm always thinking, like, if I was uh, a fan of the opposite team and we had a penalty like that, I would have been fuming. Mm. Um, So, that's just my point on it as well. Uh, But I don't like those kind of penalties. Like uh, the one with Gabriel uh, when we played Liverpool, which wasn't given as well, um, where Gabriel had his arm on the ball as well. And that wasn't given. So, I I like that those kind of situations uh, doesn't result in penalty always.
2: Well, th- th- there's there's uh, the article I'm looking at at the moment. Uh, there's one on ESPN, which is really interesting to watch. Uh, uh, Ope, Opecano, um against Poland, uh, he was given giving... yeah. Opakano. So yeah, he was he was penalised for a handball for the exact same one that uh, we just uh, said that it's not. And with the shirt pulls, there's there's numerous shirt pulls. There's one. We just want Newcastle... we just want
4: consistency, don't we?
2: We just yeah, want consistency
4: yeah. from the referee. Yeah. And when you look Dan, at the same situations, it results in the same things.
3: Then they were both in front of us. They were both. Yeah, you know what? I, I I try and stick up for VAR because I do like the concept and the idea behind it, but it is making it very difficult to stick up for it at times because there are there are some things that I just don't understand how they've not looked at it. They're saying it's there for clear and obvious errors. The pull on Gabriel for me is so obvious and so clear, and I haven't seen many fans disagree and say anything else. The handball people have disagreed with and therefore I can understand that it's not clear and obvious because if we're having that debate, they are probably having that debate as well. And I think that's one of those, if the ref gives it as a penalty, they don't change it. If the ref doesn't give it, they're not going to look at it. But the the handball for me is just clear and I I don't understand um, how and why. I think the consistency point is is really difficult because football isn't black and white. And there are things like, offsides that are clear you're on or you're off handball is still a subjective area unless you change the rules to make it that it is or it isn't and I don't think that's one of those that for me sort of growing up football and handball was always is their intention to handle the ball or was it accidental and now they've moved into is it in an unnatural position what's unnatural what's natural for one person isn't natural for another. You know, everybody has a different body structure, the way that they approach and defend the box. There isn't a standardized way of, of defending in football. So that makes it subjective and you are going to get those decisions. Mm. Trev,
2: final word on 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 those penalty decisions. I, I think most of it's been covered, but it comes yeah, back I've... to what we said about VAR as well.
1: Yeah. The lads have got it just 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 summed it up perfectly um in that you you know, I, I like the way Alex put it. What I do nowadays is I look at a penalty and I turn it around as if it was against us, you know. And if the penalty had been given against us for the handball, I would have been devastated. If one of our players had pulled an opposition person down by the shirt in the box... And a penalty was given against us. I'd have probably said, well, I know I'd have said, I don't like it, but that's a penalty all day long. You know, we got to swallow that. It was that blatant. Consistency is a word we've used on this podcast for years now, Fergus. Consistency. And that is what really, really annoys us all. You're right about the World Cup, Ferg, what you said. Um, they gave some handballs in the World Cup that I was thinking, no, no. You know, there's no way... That player is meant to handle that ball, and you couldn't even say the, the, the ball is only a couple of foot away and it's whacked at his arm, you know. And they gave those in the World Cup. I don't like that. I don't like that. And it, I didn't think it was a penalty for us to handle. I didn't think it was.
2: My, my fear with it, my fear with the um, the Gabrielle one that it looked like Gabriel could have been penalised the other way because it was just a bundle, clearly. With the, do you remember that, Dan? There was a, a bundle and Gabriel was caught up in the middle of it and two or three... That was, uh, that I was think... looked
4: through on VAR as well. They looked that through on yeah. VAR as well.
2: Yeah, he could, he could have probably walked for that, I expect, or, or something like that, you know, trying to die or at least get a yellow card uh, and <laughs> we don't need any more of them.
1: What do they see then, right? You see, this is where taking a widening... The look a little bit right what what winds fans up even more What it certainly winds me up is that these tv programs they now have so-called expert ex-referees on and they actually try and make a case for the incompetency that we see and it just makes you even more angry i I challenge anyone to look i mean we're going to get other fans of other teams cracking on us as we would to them but I challenge anyone to look at that logically, that that Gabriel Shirtpool, and say, I didn't see a penalty. Because we all see it. We all see it, right? And then we've spoke, spoke about it before again, Fergus, and we do ask it as fans because we can all see it and we've now got the technology to stop it. What, what is, why are they not giving them? Why are they not giving them when they can see them like we can? We're not going to go off on that tangent, Fergus, but you know where I was heading there, don't you? Yeah,
2: it's the it's, it, it's the opportunity to compromise the game is the phrase I've used all the time. And yeah, the
1: opportunity yeah. uh, listen, to compromise the game is huge. Bigger than it's ever been.
2: Well, when you look at, uh, there's investigations into um, betting in the Oxford game and there's uh, there's there's been stuff before. We ran shack at Leeds uh, a number of years ago. <sighs> VAR has got to be one of the areas that they could easily do. Listen, we'd finished 0-0 uh full time at the Emirates against Newcastle. I suppose it really depends how the next two games go. Newcastle being one of the closer rivals uh in the league, we probably would have taken a 0-0 uh, and not 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 losing at home was important. Um uh, yeah. But it's all it's all on it's all on Sunday. It's all on Sunday. Trev, you said to me uh, a few to us a few minutes ago. You absolutely hate um, Sunday. Take yourself off mute. Take yourself off
1: mute. Oh yeah, For, sorry about that. Oh, just <laughs> before we go on to Sunday, look at what Mix put there, mate. How good does that sum up the handball rule these days? It yep. just depends on the day, doesn't it? He's it nailed does. it. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, mate, the North London derby, I don't look forward to it. I, I, I love the celebrating after it if we win, but I don't like the build-up. I don't like the walk to the ground. I don't like the ground. I don't like Tottenham fans. I think they're, they, they hide behind other things and they, they pick on women and kids. And I don't like it. I go because I'm an Arsenal fan and... I actually enjoy it when I'm there, but the build-up to it, I don't like it. I just want it over, out of the way, get three points in the bank, um, and and get it done with. It's horrible. I think
2: your I think your favourite moment of the Northumberland Derby is normally on that train from Liverpool Street to uh, to Northumberland Park with your good mucker.
1: <laughs> you, Fergus, there's you know as much as I love you, son, sometimes. You are an idiot, right? And on that occasion, you were a massive idiot. You can't be on the train going to Tottenham, surrounded by Tottenham fans, and say to a Tottenham fan, I'm an Arsenal fan. That wasn't quite quite what was said, but... One in a million that didn't punch you in the nose, you know? Any other... (laughs) You don't do that, mate. I care for you too much. And I, you know, no, I don't want aggravation. You, 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 uh, you, you did have
2: the you did have the you did have. I'm meeting you in the
1: ground on Saturday. I'm on when is it Sunday? I'm meeting you in the ground. I'm not going with you.
2: Okay, okay, I'll go. I'll I'll find some other people to have a beer with then. So I'm sure I've got loads of friends. You'll be lucky because I've told them all what an idiot you are. Yeah, don't worry, I know where they're going. Um, so, uh, Dan, favorite memories from the Northland Derby? What's what are you? You know
3: what's your favorite derby that you've been to oh what's my favorite one i've been to um i'd still got to say my first ever derby that i went to um <laughs> at home and it was the um the one with ben came come off the bench and scored. that was the first time i ever went to a derby live and um just to beat them lot was fantastic and every single time since that we have beat them it's the best day of the year for me um every time i've been away i haven't seen us win so maybe I won't well, try.
2: I'm and- glad you have not got a ticket for Sunday.
3: <laughs> but That has to change. So I am still looking. So if uh, if anyone wants to help me out, we can change that on Sunday because we are going to win. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know if I look forward to it. I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I hate it. I think I, I love everything about it and the build up because I just, I look forward to it so much because I'm hopeful always that we're going to win as a fan. I hate the fact that Anyone I'm going to bump into is going to try and wind me up, and they will wind me up massively. If any friends that I know that are Spurs fans, they know how to push my buttons, and it's to do with Arsenal, Tottenham. And I will get wound up if we don't win, um, and I'm probably going to hide him for a number of months as well. But uh, yeah, I just to beat them lot to beat their fans. I think exactly as Trev said, and this this is not me trying to be biased, but I haven't met many Spurs fans that I like. I haven't met or known anything about the club that I like. They are a horrible club with a horrible fan base in a horrible part of London and uh, I don't like anything about them.
2: Alex, you had the uh, pleasure to attend your first London Derby uh, a couple of months back at the Emirates. Uh, we went together. Uh, your experience of the Derby and you're talking to your dad about the Derby games over the years as well. Um, what are you looking forward to and who do you see as the key players for Arsenal? Yeah, um it, it wasn't
4: actually my first uh North London derby I've been to a couple of ones before. Um oh, okay. But was just it was just your favorite one. Yeah, it was it was the first time I went with you at least. Exactly, my point. <laughs> that was a good one as well. Um but yeah, it's just it's just always um the away team never wins and it's always been like that. So that's the that's the thing I fear most about the when we go away um in the North London derbies um but key players i'd say um Partey as always he's one of our most important players um to uh control the midfield and then Odegaard as well he he um he struggled against Newcastle and he f- found it difficult so he needs to be at his very best against Tottenham um for us to um to beat them and then of course and get uh, our front front free we got, we got to score some goals uh, if we want to win the game um, but yeah, I'd probably say Party and Odegaard. They they are our most important players right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and it's just lovely to to hear. I haven't I've grown up hating Tottenham because of my dad, but it's just nice to hear people like really. It comes from the heart when when I hear Dan um, telling about how much he hates Tottenham,
2: and is I'd just love to hear it. You can tell you can tell it's genuine. Uh, Trev, um, key players and, and their main threats, uh, you know, um, Saliba, since he's come back from the World Cup, has been a little bit on the rusty side, he seems. Um,
1: does that worry you? No, not at all, Fergus. No, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs that in my age, right, the most important person for me on Saturday is, is the referee and the VAR official. Because yeah. there's one place that Tottenham are better than us, right? Undoubtedly better than us. They're better cheats. Tottenham have the best cheats. Look at the penalty last season when Son wasn't touched, but he went down and he got a penalty. And 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 my my mind goes off at all, all angles, Fergus. You know, I'm thinking and and like you just nailed it, Fergus, mate. You just nailed it. If the officials don't want Arsenal to win on Sunday. It don't matter how well we play, we won't win. They can influence that much, right? They can influence that much. But if you look purely at the form of the players, where we are, who we've got, Arsenal should win it at a canter on our day. We win it at a canter. Our forwards and our midfield are better than theirs, you know? And our defence, as, long as as long as long as the cheats don't prosper against our defence, you know, as they did last year, we win the game comfortably, comfortably. But the, the, the sad fact now is that the best football doesn't always win games. The best cheats sometimes win games. And we've got to hope that is not the case on Sunday. If the best football wins the games, Arsenal win and they win comfortably.
2: Dan, um uh, main threat from our opponents, who would you say is that going to be? Son's been off... off. Uh... Form of recent, and he's normally a bit of a pest. It's covered the other fellow, isn't it?
3: The dribbler. I mean, how sad is it that we all agree that the biggest threat is the referee giving a penalty for a dive because that is what they get every single year against us? But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to try and be positive as we always are about Arsenal. And I think this year for me feels different, and I hope it is different because this year we have, apart from Jesus. Our starting team fully fit and available, and I think last year that's massively overlooked. How much we missed, you know, with holding playing, he did get exposed. We missed Partey in the middle of the field, and you forget the injuries we had in that game and the defence that got shifted around. And you know, we had sort of Cedric, who look, he's 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 done well as a squad player, but it shouldn't be near the starting eleven for that game, in my opinion. We had Tommy Asu who, who had switched from, I think, right back to left back and then went centre-back when we had players sent off And we had players all over the shop in that game. Um, add that to a ridiculous penalty given straight away and, and a naive slash really frustrating red card in that game, we had everything go against us that could have gone against us. Whereas I feel like this year just feels different. And, um, you know, we're on a title charge. We're going to win the league and we're going to continue that by beating Spurs on Sunday top man dan top man uh, uh just briefly uh fulham
2: agent william <laughs> <laughs> scored <laughs> against chelsea uh, which is <laughs> which is brilliant um and listen anybody who is going to the north london derby uh, nearly all of us have got uh twitter uh, and the likes uh, let me just share this tab with you guys um uh, Red Action on Twitter, which is uh, Red Action AFC, has put uh, quite a bit of uh, information on there. There was been some meetings between the police um, and Tottenham and Arsenal. I spoke to some people who were present at that meeting, and it was a bit wishy-washy. Uh, the police were talking about, "Oh, we got extra bins to take bottles off people, uh, and we've we recognised pinch points and everything else." Listen. Um, don't want anybody going to football like our disabled liaison officer did last year and come home with a, a split head. Uh, there's always idiots out there. Just be careful, be safe, read it. And anybody attending the um, the Arsenal ladies game, the Chelsea Arsenal-Chelsea game at 12 o'clock at the Emirates, just um, be wary if you're travelling through uh, Tottenham or travelling down into Liverpool Street and stuff like that. There will be a lot of Tottenham fans around. You do get idiots. They might pick on your kids and stuff like that. The ladies game and the WSL is so, such a different sort of atmosphere and everything else. I'd hate to see somebody get uh, come on unstuck on there. Uh, so, look, listen, enjoy the game as much as you can. Uh, it's normally after the 90 minutes, and at least if you've got a point or three points, you enjoy it even more. But for Christ's sake, just stay safe. Trev, come on. It's Trev time. We've overran.
1: Yeah, nothing to say, mate. Apart from, it's huge, it's huge against Tottenham. We owe Tottenham for what they did last season at their place, and we then after that, I'm 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 only going to touch it for a second. We owe Man United for what happened at Old Trafford earlier this season. Two absolutely huge games. We're going to beat them both, Arsenal. And and Dan just now said it right. We're such a different side to what went to Tottenham last year. The injury front is much better, although Jesus is out. Um, We've not lost a game for ages. We're looking good. And I'll just say it again. If the best footballing team wins a game of football on Sunday, we have got absolutely no worries. We're going to come away from there smiling our heads off, Fergus. Smiling yeah, our indeed. heads
2: off. Score prediction.
3: Are you pointing that Trev? Uh,
1: do you know what? Let's be really chilly right? Let's let's be hopeful to see. I'm going to go 4-1 to the Arsenal, and their one will only come because the cheats prospered.
3: Dan? Well, I was thinking 3-1, and I was also going to say just because they'll get a lucky penalty, but um, you're spot on, Trev, by the way, that we owe them one, not just for last year, but... We haven't beat them at their grounds since 2015 in the cup, and we haven't beat them in the league since 2014. So t- this year's the year, 20, 2023.
4: Um, Alex, yeah, I agree. I think we'll beat them as well. Hopefully, they won't get a silly penalty. So, yeah, I'll, I'm optimistic as well. Uh, Emery beat them last week, so if he can do it, we can do it as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. bug, <laughs> hey, you know, what you forgot to mention. Really important something we forgot to mention, mate. How good did Smith Rowe look this week? How how much of a pleasure was it to see that lad job back on a pitch? And I thought he looked really fit and really well. And we should we should have mentioned that because he's an important player for us, Smith Rowe, and it's fantastic to have him back.
2: I, I, I thought he looked just a little bit off form, but it was great to see him back. Agreed.
1: Off form? I, he, it's his first game for about a year. Uh, no, no,
2: no. Exactly. exactly. He, he's not up to full full steam that's all i meant so uh, listen uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go two one i'll take a point right now but i'm gonna go two one i think we are the better side um i just hope that we've got more than two in the bank because everything that you guys have said about opportunities to compromise the game etc cetera, etc cetera. um it's been great uh chatting to you guys i'm still buzzing still buzzing so um Um, yeah if you like what we do click on the subscribe button on YouTube if you'd like us on SoundCloud share it with people Uh, we don't do this uh, for anything else but fun we enjoy this this is a lovely evening just chatting to my mates about the great club I love um, Arsenal Football Club thank you very much everybody we're just going to go out with um, uh, a little bit
1: As
0: I walk these streets alone, through this borough I call home, upon the barren fields of ivory, neath the stadiums of stone, through the turnstiles at the Angel, see the homeless on the green, from the Cali to the Cross, and every shit so in between. Past the church, the mosque, a crack den And the offie on the corner See the brasses from the brothel That pretends to be a sauna Watch the bedlam in the bookies See the winners and the losers Seeking solace from their sorrow In the local battle cruisers Through the madness in the market Weathered faces turn to greet ya Hello governor, As your mother? your right son, be lucky geezer Double buy a mash and liquor A couple of rosy leop chap Or watch retire Gangsters bicker every day and off his calf The little fuckers causing trouble For the causes make you smile You meet your muckers for a couple Forget your troubles for a while From the full nil to the hemi All the faces are the same Cause the manner might be changing But the people still remain Move London forever Whatever
2: I'm I'm tingling already. I'm tingling already. Oh, boys. Come on, roll on Sunday. Roll on Sunday. Uh, You have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Hope you've enjoyed it. Up the Arsenal. Fuck the
1: Spurs. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans.
4: Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons,
1: and remember to rate and review us too.